golf is a game with some really strange rules. Here's a few. If your ball comes to rest next to a cactus, you may wrap your arm or your leg in a towel to protect yourself from the needles of the cactus. But you are not permitted to wrap the towel around the cactus. Or you can just avoid playing on any courses that have cactus. You could do that too. Number two, if your club head, the part that hits the ball on the end of the club, if your club head falls off during your backswing and you continue your swing and miss the ball, that doesn't count as a stroke. But if your club head falls off on your downswing and you miss the ball, that does count as a stroke. It's also a sign that you really need to buy some new clubs. Number three. If your shot ends up in the clubhouse and the clubhouse is not considered out of bounds, you are allowed to open a window or a door to continue to your next shot. Although the club pro may never let you play at that course ever again. And finally, if your ball is lodged in an orange You cannot take relief from the orange without a one-stroke penalty. No word here about apples, but of course that would be comparing apples to oranges. Had to throw that one in there. I guess those rules are good to know, especially next time your golf ball is lodged in an orange. But for most golfers, you probably are never going to need to know any of those rules to play the game. There are, however, some rules that are essential to know, some truths, some axioms of life that all of us need to understand. We're going to look at one of them this morning that's found here in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 through 39. And here's the rule. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's how Paul describes that particular rule here in Romans chapter 8. We're going to start with verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This morning, I hope you will leave this place today convinced. If there is one thing that most of us as believers could do that would send our spiritual walk into the stratosphere, this is it. Get convinced. We believe in Jesus. We followed him as our Savior and Lord. We've entrusted our life into his hands. We're trusting him to take us to heaven when we die. We're gathered here to worship him this morning. But then we have a few questions. What if I share my faith and it doesn't work out? It didn't work out too well the last time I tried. What if it's even worse the next time? 
I'm not really qualified for that ministry. What if I try it and I fail? I don't have that kind of time. Lord, why are you asking me to do that? I don't know a lot about the Bible. I'm not ready to go on that kind of mission trip. Now, what do all of those and a thousand other questions that we come up with in life, what do they all have in common? The people who are asking them are not yet convinced. They, they know that God exists. They, they may believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They may pray and, and worship and, and read the Bible and have faith, but they're not yet convinced. They're not convinced that God's really going to be there if they take that step of faith. They're not convinced that God can use them in a magnificent way. They're not convinced that God really does live in them and work through them. And so they question. Have you ever been there? I think most of us have. No sense beating ourselves up about it. What we need to do is we need to figure out how we can become convinced. Convinced that God really will do what He's promised to do. Convinced that we can walk in the power of Christ, not in our own power. Paul was convinced. That's how he starts verse 38. He writes, For I am convinced. Now, in just a moment, we're going to look at what it was he was convinced about. But for right now, ask yourself, what would it take to convince me? What would I need to have in order to be convinced to take this next step in my spiritual walk that God is challenging me to take? What would it take for me to be convinced? Most of us need to be convinced when we're going to try something new. Someone offers us some sushi and we wonder, do I really want to put raw fish in my mouth? Someone invites us to a movie and we wonder, is that really worth seven bucks and two hours of my time? Someone invites us to a new restaurant and the immediate question is, well, how's the food there? If we're going to do something, especially if we're going to do something new, we really need to be convinced about it. So this morning... What would it take to convince you to take that next step of faith in your life? What would it take for you this morning to be convinced to actually step out on a limb and share your faith with that neighbor or that friend that God's been putting on your heart? What would it take for you to be convinced to actually become involved in that community ministry that God has been giving you a passion about. God's been placing it on your heart, but you've been wondering, well, how in the world could I ever do that? What would it take for you to be convinced that you can be involved in a consistent daily program of Bible study and prayer and worship? What would it take? 
for you to be convinced that God really can save you. What would it take? Well, let's see what convinced Paul. He writes about it here in this verse. We read a minute ago. I'm going to read it again. Listen to this. Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. One thing convinced Paul. The love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it was powerful motivation. Paul lists some heavy hitters. Some things that that we might think would somehow separate us from God. Death, life, angels, demons, present, future, power, height, depth. And in case he left anything else, he says, anything else in all creation. That pretty well covers it. Death can't separate us. The events of life can't separate us. Spiritual powers can't separate us. Events today or whatever tomorrow brings can't separate us. Things over us, things under us, and anything all around us, none of it can separate us from the love of Christ that is in our Lord. Paul was convinced. It meant that he could stand in the marketplace with a slave or in the palace court with the king, and with conviction share the love of Christ with them. He could travel to the ends of the Roman Empire, or walk across his prison cell and tell somebody about Jesus. He could watch churches struggle, he could have friends disappoint him, and still be convinced in the power of Christ. Why? Well, he was convinced. You may not remember the name, but you may remember the event. A few weeks back, a fellow by the name of Alex Honnold became the first person to free climb the face of El Capitan. That's the giant 3,000 foot cliff there in Yosemite National Park. Now, that phrase, free climb, people have climbed that before, but free climb means He didn't use any ropes. He didn't use any safety harnesses, no pylons, no axes, just his hands and his feet to climb up that 3,000 foot cliff. First time it's ever been done. He had planned to do that particular time several times before, but every time he would talk himself out of it. It was just too tall. It was just too daunting. It was too dangerous. He just couldn't do it. But this year was different. This is how he described it. He said, there were so many little sections of the cliff where I thought, oh, I cringed. But in the years since, I've pushed my comfort zone and made it bigger and bigger until these objectives that seemed totally crazy eventually fell within the realm of the possible. We all carry our impossible box around. 
Those things in life that we know need to be done or that we know we should be doing, but they're just impossible, we think. Well, this morning, what would it take to move one of those things that's in your impossible box, to move it out of the impossible into the realm of the possible? What is it that scares you most about sharing your faith with your friends and neighbors? What is it that frightens you the most about committing to service in a ministry here in our Springfield area? What is it that frightens you the most about making a commitment that I'm going to memorize one passage of Scripture a month? What is it that keeps that thing that you know God wants you to do, what keeps it in that impossible box? And what would it take to move it out? This week, if you're in one of our our life groups, they're going to be taking a closer look at why it was that Paul was convinced. It's, It's a lesson called not. Paul lists all the things or a lot of the things that we think would keep us from doing those impossible things. Those things that we think we just can't do. We know we need to do, but we just think we can't do. Paul lists all the things that we think are why those things are in the impossible box. And then he talks about why each one of those God's already taken care of. If you're not in one of those uh, groups, you can go on our website. They're uh, they're in a section called Game Changers. I think it's the fourth session. It's the session called Not. You can find out some more about why Paul was so convinced that all these things that we think will keep us from doing what God wants us to do, they really can't. Folks, it's time to get convinced. What would it take this morning to convince you that God really can do Whatever it is, he's laid on your heart that he wants you to do. What would it take for you to be convinced that you can start praying today? What would it take for you to be convinced that you can share your faith with your neighbors? What would it take for you to be convinced this morning that you could work at Grand Oak or one of the other wonderful ministries here in the Springfield area and and share God through a tangible way? What would it take for you to be convinced? I'm going to challenge you to do something. Whatever it is that that God's laid on your heart, you you know you ought to be doing it. You know it's something God wants you to do. You know it's in the Bible and it says we ought to be doing it. But you've got it in your impossible box. You've just said, God, I I don't see how that can happen. That's just, I I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I'm going to challenge you this morning to pray a prayer. This is the prayer I want to challenge you to pray. God, convince me. Convince me that you're able to do the impossible. Convince me that you really can work through me. Help me truly believe that what you've said in your word really is true, not just truth. It's true for me. God, convince me. To take this step in my spiritual journey that I know I need to take. God, 
convince me. Heavenly Father, that's what we want to pray this morning. That you would convince us. Because we stand before you and admit our fear. We admit there's some things that that we just can't see how they're possible. But God, nothing is impossible for you. And so, Lord, convince us this morning of whatever that might be so that we might serve you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.